Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Change Your Thinking, Change Your Life podcast. My name is Michelle Burkhardt, and I'm your host. On today's episode, uh, fair warning, uh, I am going to be sharing some pretty deep stuff. We're going to be talking about the law of transmutation, and the best way that I know how to describe how to use this law is to share my story. So I'm going to share a story about some losses that I have had. Uh, if you are at a particularly raw time in your life right now or have experienced a recent loss, you may want to skip this episode or you may not. That's up to you. Uh, but I'm going to be sharing some pretty deep losses that I've had in my past uh, and, and talk about how the law of transmutation has helped me to overcome those losses. So uh, enjoy. So the stories I'm about to tell you right now are not things that I usually share with others. I might casually mention them, you know, to teach a lesson or uh, share them with a one-to-one coaching client who's struggling. However, I haven't told the real story and how I've overcome some tremendous losses before. In short, I'm going to tell you my experiencing it losing five children and how I struggled and finally overcame through using the law of transmutation. So uh, as I record this, 16 years ago, we had uh, a toddler and I was pregnant. Man, we were so excited. And we had just found out it was a girl and we couldn't have been happier. Then, uh, unfortunately, the unthinkable happened. Um, Everything was really a blur at that time. But when I was in the hospital and found out what happened, I was stunned, uh, shocked, surprised, perplexed. Honestly, I didn't know what to do. So which parenting book has this as a chapter, right? And I struggled for many months emotionally. I actually remember going to a funeral during this time for really just an acquaintance and listening to the pastor say all the things that pastors say at funerals. And I was just yelling and screaming on the inside. And anytime during this time that somebody would talk about God or love or anything spiritual, I would instantly fill with white hot anger. Now, I really didn't share that with anyone else in my life because, I, you know, I'm a recovering people pleaser and I thought I had to keep it to myself. And I tell, tell you what, that anger almost consumed me until I found out I was pregnant again with Hannah, our 14 our year old. Now, it was a kind of a mixture of emotions. You know, you're 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 happy, but still sad, but also worried like what's going to happen And I remember I was about seven months along with Hannah and I attended this religious retreat. And I'll be honest, I just went because I thought it would be nice to have somebody else cook and clean for a few days. I'm so glad that I went because it was there that I was really able to confront my anger and work on forgiveness. Now, I'm not saying it was easy at all because it definitely wasn't, but I sure felt better after that. And, uh, you know, Hannah was born and she actually left the hospital one year to the day that we lost her sister. Uh, we, we actually named her Hannah Renee and Hannah means grace and Renee means reborn, grace reborn. So it was a very transformational process for me. 
But, you know, talk about an emotional roller coaster, right? How is a mom supposed to feel on the day that you bring a new baby home, but you're also celebrating the loss of another one? So we made it through, um, and honestly, I decided that I would try to forget about our Abby and, and try to just take care of these two living children that I had. Now, remember I, I said I had five losses, right? So obviously this isn't where the story stops. So fast forward a few years later, after my youngest was born, Ellie, uh, I remember just being so involved in life that I really didn't pay attention to me or my body at all. Honestly, all body systems were kind of, <laughs> I was a mess, okay? And after the, the traumatic delivery and death experience that, that Ellie bringing her into the world caused, uh, my husband was so kind to gift me a vasectomy <laughs> about six months prior to this. But I woke up one day with some very strange symptoms and I knew enough to know, okay, this isn't, you know, my normal crazy. I need to go and get this checked out. So we went to the doctor and the doctor said, well, Michelle, we have good news and bad news. Why do they always say that, by the way? Just, just tell me the news. Don't quantify it, right? So the good news is that you're pregnant. You're about 14 months or 14 weeks along. Um, the bad news is that something's wrong and we've got to send you for further testing. Now. Talk about a surprise, right? So as I'm going to the hospital to get this testing, I'm going, this can't be happening. We had a vasectomy. This can't be happening, right? And FYI, we did go back to the doctor who did the, the surgery and, you know, he accused me of having an affair and I'm thinking, buddy, you don't know me. I don't have time for that nonsense, right? Um, and uh, I don't know if any of you know this, just a, a, a tip. Uh, you can have spontaneous healing, especially... Um, between the years of four and seven years after a vasectomy. So you might want to think about that, FYI. Uh, so I was very surprised. And within a week, um, we found out they had done several different tests. A week later, we found out that the, the baby had no heartbeat. Now, I was walking through life in shock and bewilderment for some time after that. I remember kind of just being a zombie uh, I would get up, I would do the things that I needed to do, but I was not fully with it. And I had a couple friends who really helped me with my physical needs, um, but I knew enough also not to let that anger creep back in like the first loss. Um, I, I wouldn't say that I was really dealing with it well, but I knew not to let that anger come in. And actually, a few months later was when I experienced my stroke. So I'm sure the stress of this loss didn't really help that. And then, you know, loss number three came a few years later. Again, another shock. Uh, this one, honestly, I just tried to ignore. Honestly, I was traveling a great deal for work and the kids were little. I was going to school, I was running a business, and I just didn't have time to deal with it. Um... I knew how painful it was going to be and I didn't want to have to go through that. And I just thought, well, maybe I'm broken and this is something that I'm going to have to deal with. So just get on with it. You've done this before. You know what to do, right? Uh, yeah, that doesn't make it go away. And I really started to suffer some weird symptoms in my body that the doctors couldn't make sense of. Uh, I instinctively knew that it was connected to this latest loss. So what I did was um, I actually took off work and 
Um, I checked into a hotel for about three days for the weekend and I just slept and I cried and I worked on forgiveness of myself. Now I knew I hadn't done anything wrong, but I needed to release myself from that guilt and the grief and the pain. That weekend was really a, a tremendous relief. I did feel like I was dying, but it was a relief at the end of it. And it really felt like I had found a secret to changing my pain into peace. So that was when I started to use the practices of forgiveness, gratitude, and meditation regularly to transform everything from grief, uh, you know, <laughs> to frustration with teenagers, uh, to physical pain. I, I think this was a time in my life where I was like, okay, what other bad thing uh, can I change into good? Uh, it was really just an exciting time to find, oh my goodness, this really works. And a few years ago, I was still traveling and speaking and training and not really taking care of me. See the pattern there? I've learned a lot since then, so many things have changed. But at this time, um, I hadn't learned that yet. So I was hundreds of miles away from home and I was feeling kind of weird. And then I started to bleed really heavy. And I thought, hmm, well, I haven't really had to deal with this for a few months. So no wonder, right? So the next day I spent the whole day, first of all, doing a, a keynote presentation and then small breakout sessions throughout the whole day. And as the day went on, I felt worse and worse and weaker and weaker so the day ended and I was supposed to leave the next morning to go home. And I thought, you know what? Uh, it's going to be like seven hours to drive home. So before I leave town, let me just pop into a doctor and make sure I'm okay. So I went to the doctor and you guessed it. I was 16 weeks along and losing the baby. And I remember thinking, that's it. I'm done. Uh, I'm never going to work again. And as soon as I said that, I heard my mother's voice, God bless her. She's no longer with us, but she, uh, uh, this was, this is some of the things that she would say. She's, I heard her voice say, get up, dust off. We do the hard things, no matter how we feel. No one cares how you feel. Just get the job done. So not necessarily the most positive mental health support, but she thought she was doing me a favor, Right. So I go home and for about three weeks, honestly, I fell into what was probably a depression and really unimaginable grief. Uh, I couldn't bring myself to talk to people, to answer emails, even to spend time with my family. I wasn't angry. I was just grieving. And I remember my counselor saying, Michelle, grief compounds. It's not just one loss, but all the losses you've had up until now. And you've had a great deal more than most people. So this is when I also realized that I now had more dead children than living ones. And honestly, that was really tough to deal with. And I, I don't remember how I got through that time other than just putting one foot in front of the other and, and doing what I could when I could. And then a few years ago, I attended my first Psych K training and everything changed. So through the work that I did there, I was able to process all of those previous losses and to see the beauty even in the harshness. So I saw how the anger and the grief and the guilt was needed in those, those moments and how ignoring those feelings did me no good. It actually harmed me. 
I also reflected and saw how I was able to use various practices such as journaling, meditation and prayer, singing, dancing, and just having conversations with other people to really rise from the lower vibrational energies to the higher vibrations of acceptance, courage, and willingness, and even on to joy and peace. So at that time, I began my, uh, my own intentional daily practice of psych case sessions, and I really worked on any sort of trauma, drama, or high stress situation from the past and present that I could think of. So you could say that my peace meter shot up. Uh, I enjoyed life more fully and just felt much lighter as I went about life. Even when I would remember those losses, I would still have a sense of, of safety and security and it's going to be okay. And then as I'm recording this four months ago, I started craving coleslaw. Now, that might not mean anything to you, but I hate coleslaw, okay? The only time I like it is when I'm pregnant. And I remember my, my husband was shopping in town and he was going to bring dinner home. And he's like, okay, honey, what do you want for dinner? And I said, oh my goodness, can you please stop by Kentucky Fried Chicken and get some coleslaw? Get two containers of coleslaw. And as soon as I said that, we both paused for a really long time. And the next thing I said was, yep, I'm going to book that doctor's visit right now. And sure enough, the ultrasound showed we were almost 12 weeks. Now, we were cautious to say the least. But a couple weeks later, which really seemed like an eternity, uh, we decided, you know what, we, we probably should tell the kids. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen, but we need to let them know. And there's some decisions that need to be made, especially about living arrangements. Somebody was not going to be happy to be uh, losing out on their room, right? Uh, and we set a date for a family meeting and tried to manage our excitement and kind of trepidation, if you will. And honestly, I was doing a lot of uh, financial calculations, math calculations. I, I figured out, you know, oh, no, we're going to be like the oldest parents at this kid's high school graduation. And also, huh, how would our teenagers handle this news, right? So the night before our family meeting, I had a dream. And in this dream, I was walking on the beach with Jesus. He often visits me in my dreams. He said, Michelle, something's going to happen, but remember what I told you last time, you'll never suffer again, right? So you're going to be sad for sure, but you're not going to suffer. And I had a sense of what it would be. And then the next thing he said was, this is the last time. It will never happen again. And when I tell you to, you're, you are to tell the story to other people and share what you've learned because they're going to really need to know your story. And I'm going to be with you the whole time. And I remember saying, okay, I trust you and I know I can do hard things. I've got a lot of tools at, at my disposal. I know it's going to be okay. And just then I woke up and I had this feeling like somebody had kicked me really hard in my lower back and I knew instantly what was happening. But you see, this loss was very different than the rest. Now I had an extreme amount of physical pain. But the mental and emotional pain were almost non-existent. I surely felt the grief and the loss and the sadness, but not the overwhelming and consuming anger or rage or shock or trying to ignore it. I really faced it head on and I felt peace. 
there were uh, several times during the, the recovery time when I had uh, a time of meditation and dreams where Jesus came to talk to me again. Uh, I even had one dream where he brought my five children to the beach, but that story's for a whole nother day. <laughs> this time I was able to take some time off and gently go back to work when I wanted to. I really enjoyed time with my family and just hugging on my kids. I really can't explain the overwhelming peace I had during this time and really up until writing this story. Now, I, I've shared some of this with a few friends and they always ask something to the effect of, well, how could that happen, right? How could this be? And I think it's really my learning about the universal laws and applying them in normal times, right? When, when you're not in a time of grief or loss that has helped me. The law of transmutation in the shortest amount possible that I can explain this really says that you can transform those lower emotions into higher emotions using certain practices. So for example, you can turn anger into peace or grief into love. You don't have to suffer. Now, I did not know this for the first few losses, and I'll be honest, I suffered greatly, and probably the people around me as well. I still felt the last loss, like I did the others, just in, in a very different way, and I still do. And even as I'm writing this, I, I kind of feel like a twinge in my heart, and I see a picture of those five kids on the beach, and I have a smile on my face, and I know I'm always connected to them. There's an overwhelming piece that I really can't explain. So when you truly know how to transform the muck of life into gold or what someone calls spiritual alchemy, you can experience all kinds of things in life and still feel peace, joy, and happiness. Now, does this mean that I'm happy that I experienced these losses? Absolutely not. However, I can still feel happy even with the loss. I meet a lot of people who are struggling with uh, bitterness, anger, unforgiveness, because, you know, bad things happen to good people. Listen, rough stuff is a part of life. We all have our ups and downs. And yes, some people tend to have more troubles than others. However, what I'm saying is that you can experience those troubles in a way you've never done in the past by knowing, understanding, and living out the law of transmutation. So this is in no way a sales pitch. However, if you would like to know more about the law of transmutation and the other 11 universal laws, please consider joining us in our latest course, okay? You don't have to suffer. So I will go ahead and leave the link in the description for our upcoming 12 Universal Laws course. Please check it out if you haven't already done so. See if it's right for you. It's not going to be right for everybody at this point just because, you know, there's some people who are ready for it and some people are, who are not. Um, so just check it out. See if it's right for you. If you have any questions about it, please let me know, okay? Hey, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, I know this was a a little bit of a different episode. Uh, but again, I really felt called and led to share this particular story with you, especially in connection with this law, because this course that we're going to be doing soon is, is really giving you kind of the keys to the kingdom, if you will. And I really wanted to show you how 
you know, I've had these experiences in life and how using that one law has helped me to overcome them. Okay. And I also wanted to just give you kind of a taste of, you know, sometimes I hear from, from, uh, fans or followers, if you will, that, you know, Michelle, you're so awesome and you have everything all together and okay, thank you. Uh, but that's not always the case. And I experience lots of things in life that, uh, other people experience as well. I've just learned a lot of things in order how to deal with them. Okay. So I hope this is helpful. Please, please, please reach out to me and let me know if you need anything. And also check out that link to see if that, that 12 Universal Laws course is right for you. Awesome. So with that, I release you into the wild. Go forth and prosper. Have an amazing day. I'll catch you next time. All right. Bye-bye.